Welcome to episode one of Mood, guys. Episode one, officially. We did it. We're Yay. here. <laughs> this is exciting. Uh, what's your mood? Um, I'm feeling well fed because we just ate some good food. Yes, shout I out Triple Crown. Chinatown in Chicago is great. But um, there are a couple of things that do have me feeling a little tight. So mm. I think I'm... Defia. Yeah, yeah, I'm well fed, but a little tight. Mm, nice. How about I, you? I'm tired. Um, I just came back from her notoriety. I feel like I'm saying that right, but I also could be ignorant and saying it wrong. So correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but they had an event tonight, just a bunch of creatives together having fun. And it was amazing. And I'm still like on cloud nine from that. That energy was just very electric. Awesome. And exciting. Um, so for this week in Good in Black, I really want to give a shout out to not a personal friend, but someone who I literally have watched her life for the past more than 10 years or so on YouTube. Has it been that long? It's been that long. I didn't know you were following her for that long. Yeah, I've been following her since my teeny weeny afro days. Oh my gosh. Actually, no, I've been following her since my bad relaxer days. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Whitney White, aka Natural85. I'm sure if you are a black woman, you have watched at least one of her videos. Um, but this week she announced that she is starting a new hairline with her sister called Melanin Hair Care made from her own recipes that she's been doing on her YouTube channel for eons. And it's super cool and super uplifting because like she literally started from the bottom, like from grassroots. Like she had a freaking 240p like yikes uh, <laughs> camera and she was just out here grinding and stuff. So I think that it's amazing to be able to watch like a black woman out here doing things for the culture like but also to better the culture a lot of hair care companies don't really have like black women's health and hair health in their mind when they make their things so it can be a little bit discouraging to go and buy products from someone and so it's really cool to see like someone that you know and trust to be doing it it's like if your auntie starts making sweet potato pies and selling them on the corner like you know her you trust her you love her you know the ingredients are gonna be like the best and so even though i got locks i'm really excited to give her a try well shout out her my aunties do not make pies um false Aunt Anna makes apple pie. Oh, yeah. And her apple pie is really good. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to come for Auntie Anna like that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Aunt Anna. I, for, I forgot about you for a second. Yeah. So this week in the culture, um, I'm probably not going to pick too many, but I feel like there's a there's so much to touch on. People have just been trashed this week. And so let's start out by talking about are some people's first lady uh she has been saying a lot of things and talking about a lot of stuff in the news and one of the things that happened to slip out of her actual mouth and into a recorder was that i do stand with women but we need to show evidence and she wasn't talking about like something that would make sense to say that she was talking to rape victims. Yikes. She was talking to women of the Me Too and the Time's Up movement saying that 
they need to show evidence, which of course, naturally, the first thing I did when I was assaulted was pick up a camera. Like what? Who in their right mind says that? Like what woman says that? I mean, she did, but... But then proceeds it with, like, I do stand with women. Like, you don't, though. You clearly are not standing with women. Yeah, that's a hot take. Like, (laughs) that's the... You can't stand with women and be like, but you need to show evidence because you are literally empowering men. Like, because what you're saying is, unless a woman can prove it, it didn't happen. Which is definitely not the case. Right. And so she's saying to dudes... Hey, fellas, unless she can prove it, it didn't happen. And I mean, granted, given who she's married to, it it makes sense. I can't say I'm surprised, but I definitely had words for her. She can come find me if she really wants to. She can cash you outside. Yeah, she can cash me outside or have the FBI come holla at me or whatever she feels like she needs to do. But well, that was low down and dirty. Yeah, that's that's super dirty. I mean, I think something that becomes very clear is that if you support someone (laughs) you almost don't need evidence and so like if you're if your best friend is like hey we got to go do this thing you don't have to explain it to me if i'm down with you i'm just gonna i'm I'm just gonna support you you. i'm gonna be down i'm gonna hold you down and i think that for her to say hey i support women but then saying i mean like i i support you but i mean you'd have to, like, make a case for me to support you. Right. That's not really support. Not at all. And so, you know, she can, yeah, catch all of these hands this week. Um, But on some other news, super less spicy, Missy Elliott leaked some of her music that might be coming out in um, 2019. So... I'm going to play it all for you. I'll read you the caption first. Um, But it says, hi, Key. Or no, it says, hi, hey, I ain't no singer, but that I can hold a note. Um, And then it's coming in 2019. Hopefully. I mean, she's she's an American treasure. She is. She's always been really. Oh, yeah, it's on social media, I guess, you know. So, uh, real, um, real, true story. Missy Elliott's album Superfly was the first album that I had to buy and sneak from my parents. I could easily see that. <laughs> because it had that parental advisory yeah, notice that makes on it. A lot of sense. And my dad was really cool about it. He was like, "Hey, this is a great I album." Mean, your dad probably owned it before you did. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was it was kind of like that. But after she took it, he actually bought it again so that I could have it. And that was one of the cornerstones of my early music collection. Thank you, yes. Missy Elliott, for producing a gem. Yeah, I'm really excited for whatever she's going to put out in 2019. I think she's been like dropping tracks every here and again. And I'm like, are you just going to slowly drop the entire album? Like, what what are we doing here? Cause, like that Super Bowl commercial? Yeah, because I'm like, I literally have a playlist of her current music that she's been dropping. And I'm like, I'm just going to make my own album. But I'm excited for whatever she's going to put out. 
Um, I'm sure it'll be great and an instant classic and probably change the world and the scope of popular music as we know it, like essentially everything that she's ever done. Yeah, literally. She's a gem. Uh, So this week, there's a lot going on in TV and movie news. So first up, Kevin Hart has a first look deal with Nickelodeon, which if you don't know what a first look deal is, it's basically whatever he decides to put out. Um, Nickelodeon has the first opportunity to snatch that up and put that on their network. Not guaranteed that they will do that, but they definitely get to be the first people to see whatever idea he puts out. And honestly, like a family oriented TV show, movie, whatever he decides to do, um, I'm pretty sure it'll get picked up by Nickelodeon because most of their TV shows right now are not geared towards a specific crowd. What, Nick shows? Yes. Um, well. So I think that that'll bring some good spice, some good color to the people. And then, you know, he's funny. A little flavor, a little seasoning. Yeah, a lot of flavor, a lot of seasoning, hopefully. <laughs> a lot of flavor, a lot of seasoning. Also, I, I'm i not a big Fast and Furious fan. Like, I've literally only seen maybe, like, two of them. Confidently one. You already know I've seen Tokyo Drift. <laughs> but I haven't seen... Don't sing the song, please. Really, the other ones. Wow. Um, but... We want to be sensitive. I do want to go see this uh, Hobbs and Shaw movie. What? Do you know who the villain is? Who's going to play the villain? Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. So who are those characters in the movie? The Rock and some other person. The Rock was a bad guy. Yeah, I guess this is about other... But this is the bad guy to the bad guy. Oh, the yeah. enemy of my enemy. Yeah, so who do you think um, is going to play it? Let's see. <laughs> what, Terry Crews? I don't no. know. Idris Elba. Oh, well, that'll be the two handsomest men Yes, you in already all know I'm going to go see that. <laughs> <laughs> like that, and they're both like amazing actors, too. Surprisingly. Like, y'all can make fun of The Rock all you want, but he is out here getting that money with the exact same movie over and over again. Like... <laughs> Y'all could do what you want to do. But he's like, look, I got the formula. I'm going to stick to it. And now he's bringing his boy Idris in, which I'm super excited about. The funny thing is about the rock movies is that they're never, they're never like horrible. I mean, I heard that the Baywatch movie was pretty bad. I don't know if it was because of him, but you can never say a movie is bad because of the rock. Like, no, very, he's, he's going to make rarely. a good mark. Yes. Every one of his movies that he's starred yeah. in. They've always been like, man, this movie's going to be corny. Then it's like, oh, actually, it was kind of good. And they're all the <laughs> exact same. Like, they're literally the same thing. And, I mean, he knows the formula. It's like, even when he was in WWE, he would come out and he would say the exact same thing. But we would all get so turned. Like, it was the first time that we had ever heard him ask us if we could smell what he is cooking. <laughs> like, <laughs> we would be so excited, even though we already knew he was going to say it. Like, we knew he was going to raise his eyebrow. And it was the exact same formula. Jabronis. But my man's had t-shirt deals, cup deals, like, toy yeah. deals, all because of this one formula. And now he's doing the exact same thing. So I can't be mad at it. Yeah, and I mean, a couple of years ago, I thought it was really cool after he kind of became an actor, and now we know The Rock as an actor. He then went back to wrestling, won the belt, (laughs) you know, won the belt, just to, you know, make sure they didn't forget. Right. And then came out back to his his training regimen and his acting career, which, hey, get you a guy who can do both. Like, can you imagine, though, being the dude who, like, 
was training so hard. Like I was out here working and grinding in the WWE and the rock comes back and you're like, I'm finna mop this old fool. And then he just comes out here and puts the brow on you. Like trashes your whole life. Like I would, you would never see me again. (laughs) Like, cool. So I'm going to move to Antarctica. Wow. Have a nice life guys. That's a long ways away. Yeah. He's great. Um, also in movie entertainment style news, Issa Rae is going to be in a new rom-com TV show Oh, uh, called American Princess. And it's basically her, I guess she moves to London and she gets caught up in like the fancy life. I don't know if it's going to be like a uh, gossip girl style or like what, or if she's going to eventually fall in love with some white dude. Like <laughs> they haven't given us the details. I mean, it says American Princess, so I'm. I'm thinking it could only mean a few things. Yeah, there's only a few ways that this can go. So unless she's Tiana, yeah. I mean, I would love for it to be like a black cast, like a primarily black cast. Maybe because you know when people talk about London, like mostly we think of like white Londoners, but there's there's a lot of black people. What years you're thinking about London? But yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's like there there are a lot of black people over there. Like there's a presence, there's a culture there, and so it would be cool if like she can tap into that through this TV show. Because I mean, if it's just gonna be like a regular like rom com, she falls in love with some white dude, and like you know, I mean that's cool and good, and nothing against that. But I think it'd be cool to like yeah, like get your swirl on. But it would be cool to like tap into a different culture i don't really feel like that's tapping into anything other than some shmoney well we we don't know until we see it but i do like your point i think that anytime the diaspora can connect it gets really really strong okay so you're gonna have to define the diaspora for us regular negroes (laughs) (laughs) so uh during the transatlantic slave trade there were african bodies brought to different places around the world and the diaspora is that collective Mm. of places where other people are so say i am a black person in quotes like a black american you know my brothers in jamaica and i are both a part of the diaspora those nigerians and people from ghana all in europe they're a part of the diaspora. Everybody in the, all the black people in the Caribbean mm. are a part of the diaspora. Everybody in Brazil that looks like your brother is, <laughs> <laughs> and your Shut daddy. <laughs> is, he swear he's something. Uh, everybody swears he's something. Mm, but that's yeah. all the diaspora. And I think that anytime, like, when cross culture things can happen, it makes us more powerful as a group. So, for sure. Hey, say yeah. what you want about the champagne poppy, but every time he touches on another we'll say sub-genre yeah. of music, it connects people who previously weren't really connected but gives them a musical link where they can yeah. they can have an exchange. And I think that the yeah. diaspora, exchanging ideas, exchanging Super culture, important. connecting with each other makes, I don't know, we can talk about black power fantasies, but the idea yeah. of like, right. you know... A united sort of black front it's just kind of cool like yeah. if you travel abroad and you see other black people and they give you a nod that you know you've seen before even though you don't speak the same language it's very empowering yeah i mean it's like like the i guess the very best of what killmonger was trying to do <laughs> like not in the trash like you know murder people kind of way but yeah like, there was that in the like we're all we're all people like we all came from the same place and so i think it's cool to be in a place where we can like see something like that 
Um, this is for all you old school Disney heads. Pew, pew, pew. But <laughs> actually, I don't even know if this came out on Disney. But Life Size 2 is going to be coming out December 2nd. What the heck is that? Um, so Tyra Banks was a doll. And I guess, I don't remember, but I think the little girl made a wish. And then the doll came to life. And of course, it was Tyra Banks. Uh, yeah. But it was really cool and it was super important because being a little girl watching this, like, you have dolls and they're all white dolls, mm. right? Or I think the most exotic one I had was like a Pokemon, a Pocahontas, not a Pokemon, a Pocahontas. I had Pokemon dolls. Yeah, you had Pokemon dolls. I had a Pocahontas doll. And that was like the most exotic, like, close to me doll that i had every other barbie that i had was a white little girl and like you connect with them but like you don't and so then being able to see like wow this little girl has a doll and i think the little girl was Lindsay lohan i feel like i could be wrong but really i think so it's a little more progressive than i thought she's not in the second one because for obvious reasons sorry sis (laughs) um (laughs) for a time half a time do your best but she um, wished for this doll to come to life. And it was cool because, like, Tyra Banks is just a national treasure. Like, she's so beautiful. And she was, you know, like, at the time, like, a really great role model. Like, this was at her, like, peak of her model. Not peak, but, like, at a very good point in her modeling career. Um, and then she did this movie. And I, I'm pretty sure I remember the acting wasn't that good but i didn't even care i mean it could only be so good for those types of movies i mean but for me to notice it at that age like (laughs) (laughs) and to be like wow this acting's not that good like i feel like that should say something (laughs) but you know i didn't even care because it was like wow like this little little black doll became a very large beautiful black amazonian woman and i love it i live um so let's see do i want to talk about um i'll save that one yeah so kind of last in the culture this week is uh man i i hate that we're doing this but we started with melania and we're gonna close out with trump and so he has been have to i mean we don't have to have to but i feel like we kind of got to talk about this because he wallin for some who knows why reason my man says not my man somebody's man's has been playing purple rain at the end of his rallies (laughs) uh it's a good song i'm confused like if somebody could maybe at me and tell me the reasoning why um i would be greatly appreciative because i literally cannot for the life of me figure out what would possess him to play purple rain at the end of his rallies. Yeah, that seems pretty strange. It's so weird. Like, out of the entire discography of the entire planet. Right. That's the song that you chose. And the other song where artists told him, hey, fam, you got to stop playing our music. Like, they made a little bit more sense. Like, Rolling Stones and, like, Steven uh, Steve Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, like, him playing that music made a little bit more sense to me. And Prince is kind of... We'll say outside of his complexion, yeah, he's like no, the it's furthest. Not even that. He's like the blackest, queerest, you know, like, <laughs> like type of per- anti-corporation but even type the of song person. Itself, like, not even like let's remove the person because it's not even about like him. I mean, kind of. It's almost like 
to play do you know who prince is and then like do you think prince would be at one of your rallies yeah no he would never he would never they wouldn't let him in the door even if they didn't know who he was because of how he was dressed (laughs) yeah no it said look so you're gonna have to cover them booties like (laughs) this is not it but like even the song itself like it doesn't make any sense like the song choice like i'm sure he probably did it to like oh let's reach the negroes and you I mean, know, they ain't there. Kanye's out here advocating for me, so let's well, let's get my Negro friends. We'll play Purple Rain. They can't get mad at that. And it's like, no, actually we can, because you got no business playing this. None. At this place. I Do wonder you, if he's half, ever seen the movie. Half the, no. <laughs> he doesn't even know there's a movie. He probably doesn't. He probably doesn't know a single lyric. Like, and half of, half of his audience probably doesn't either, and that's the thing that I don't get. Like, if you're at a rally, usually you're doing it to like, you know, you close out the rally, you're giving morale, giving the boost, like getting people hype. But then you turn on Purple Rain. Like, I'm pretty sure all of the white hicks who were at the rally or, you know, the regular white suburban dads or whoever else was there, they have not listened to no Purple Rain. Yeah, that's pro. that's yeah like for it to be their turn song so (laughs) donald trump do i don't even ask for you to like do good just do better like (laughs) i mean if he's capable i don't know he needs a better team around life he needs Uh, a a do-over at life i told chip earlier i need a new planet i'm ready to go yeah be martians trying to move to neptune (laughs) be on the space colony see you guys later If they let us on, that's, pr- you know. No, I'm starting I don't starting want to get Forget too them. far in the future, but, you know. They letting us on. <laughs> on the space colony. Yeah. But so for for the culture, it's just going to be a section. I know we didn't really introduce introduce the other sections, but for the culture is we will talk about things happening, essentially, in Chicago, for the culture of Chicago, yes. so that if you're here, you can know what's going on. But also, sometimes things that happen here are indicative of things that happen on the national scale. And so one thing I wanted to bring up, or the first thing I wanted to bring up, is the fact that if you know anything about Chicago, something that's become very apparent to lots of people is that the city is segregated. and the That's just now becoming apparent. <laughs> Not that it's just now becoming apparent, but I don't know. Some people know it, some people don't know it. Mm. The city is broken up into various sides and communities and neighborhoods and things like that. And one of our underserviced and black neighborhoods, the West Side, you know, which has its own culture and things like that, has a library there. It's called Legler Library. And the library on the West Side is um it's their regional regional library and they have a painting there by Carrie James Marshall, who's arguably the most important black painter of our generation he's a he's a really really big deal and they had a mural there that was made for the library that they're trying to sell and the city said that they were going to sell it in order to raise funds for the museum but wealth doesn't really work that way and so if you sell the mural which is going to sell for tens of millions of dollars because he's alive who knows how much it'll be worth when he's dead. Sure, you'll get money, but the draw, the culture, the landmark, the status, especially for something that was made for the location, gets taken away. 
And I think that the city of Chicago does things like that from time to time that it's just not right. And so this library, which of course it's great that it's going to get some money and it's become a regional library and they're going to support the community in bigger ways. But one of the ways you support a community is by building on the culture that's there. And the painting is a huge cultural landmark that if you take it away, I mean, who knows where it's going to go? Like if you, yeah, if you understand sad. how wealth works, you might look at it and say, okay, well, they're getting, we'll just say it's 13 million, right? But then that painting goes someplace else and an entire economy can, yeah. built, or can be built around a, a piece of, of art, around a cultural landmark. And so I know that the artist spoke out kind of against what was going on and expressed his displeasure with what was happening. Yeah, but now big funders who were thinking about being involved in this project are like, well, wait, hold up. We can't just take something away from a community that you know we're already not (laughs) doing much for so i hope they revisit that that it goes back to the table that they just figure out something better to do for that community because even though i'm a southsider and i don't even go to the west side like that i still want my people over there to to win you know i still want them to thrive and to do well and taking away something so valuable on multiple levels is just really not the wave i'd be curious to know what anybody listening thinks about kind of like a switcheroo like that just because is it is it better to have the culture or is it better to have the money because i personally think that it's it's better to have the culture because if you have more creative people you could have special artist talks and classes built around there you could have the people coming to these classes make like their pull. make their own artwork inspired by that. That immediately becomes like merchable opportunities where they could be making money instead of losing money. Like there are so many ways to build around culture to support people. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a either or. Yeah. Like they shouldn't have to take in order to, you know, give. And I think it's sad that it has even come to that because like for those of you listening, it might not seem like a big deal that like this library is getting ready to sell this painting, but like in normal functioning like governments, oh yeah, let's the talk libraries about are taken care of. Like the libraries don't necessarily like I have never heard of like a library like having a gala or like you know like trying to fundraise to raise money. Like most of them have like you know they'll have their little bookstores or whatever to get rid of old books and to you know bring a little revenue in. Um, and they but the community support and they'll fall on hard times yeah but they're they're supported by the community and now chicago chooses to you know support varying different projects that do not feed back into the community but continue to feed back into the government and it's like the people like if you feed into the people they're going to feed into the government like if you're taking care of the people then people are going to be happier like they're more job opportunities like there are just things that can happen when you take care of the people as opposed to trying to cater to the government and so it's sad that like they have this literally beautiful thing like magical historic important um almost priceless like and then he made the art for them built it in there only charged them a dollar because he believed in it in a neighborhood 
that has great institutional need, like he paints this mural of placing black people in that space, learning and being involved with just like amazing practices and it's it feels like a crime forced to sell it like it's not like oh yeah like we don't need this anymore let's sell it it's like no we're broke we're not going to be able to continue what we're trying to do so we need to sell it like we need money and it's just it's really sad that that's like what it's come to like that would be like paris being like yeah eiffel tower mm, we need money so you gotta go like what (laughs) Like, you just don't do that. Yeah, the city needs to support <laughs> better mm. things. Different things. <laughs> yeah, different things. Um, now, on to <laughs> support in the city in oh, different ways. Yeah, Let's it's like, I guess this. today we just have to get it out. It's we like, I, I, didn't, I didn't want us to have to talk about Trump, but I guess, like, that to. has happened. But, you know, coming off of that, uh, Kanye West, somebody's cousin Kanye... Um, Get your friend. Yeah, get your friend. He's he's come back to the city, which I think initially felt like a good thing because if oh. I'm honest, there have only been two celebrities that I've ever really cared about, one being Anthony Bourdain, who passed away earlier this year, yeah. and Kanye West, who felt like he also passed away <laughs> earlier this year. And it's been hard to see someone who you grow up respecting, literally providing for you in a cultural way that like feeds your soul yeah like when i was not living in chicago my connection to my city and to my people something that we could all hold on to like the chicago diaspora wherever the chicagoans were were kanye's music yeah and even though you know say what you want about whatever albums you like or don't like it's like we all understand that that conversation But those first three albums, I felt like they saved my life. And they're generically, like, the good ones. Like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, they're obviously Anything after that is debatable, but we're not going to debate the first three. Yeah, that's that's what we're not going to do. I mean, it's, it's very obvious that those were great. But at a time where I was, you know, young and impressionable, these were my high school years, there was a young artist from Chicago who made great music, who spoke about real things that were happening in the world and took kind of a no-nonsense stance on, I guess, like where we should be as a people, as a culture, as a community. And to see someone you look up to so highly or held in such high regard for so many good things, essentially kind of throw all that stuff away and spit in your face and then say, hey, you still should support me or I'm going to come back into your neighborhood and act like everything's cool. Uh, it's like everything's not cool. Right. You know, like it, it doesn't work that way. And I don't know. I think he's trying to recover some of what was lost. I but mean, he, he, is he though? Like Maybe, maybe not. But he seems literally to, he's being insane right now. Like he did the exact same thing that he apologized for all of our feelings for. Yeah, exactly. So essentially, he's like. I'm sorry you were hurt, not I'm sorry I hurt you. Yeah, right. And then was like, okay, but I'm going to do it again. Yeah, I'm actually going to go and like yeah. pander to this guy. Right. Hug up on this guy. And I mean, if that's where you're at, then be where you're at. Like, if you want to be trash, be trash. Like, don't try to be trash and wrap it up as a bow. Like, don't try to be a present. Like, you can't be saying, oh, okay, I'm here for the culture. Like... I'm just here to to open the minds of young youth and like X, Y, Z. Like, no, fool, you here for you. You're doing you. And that's okay. 
Like, I'm not going to argue with you if you feel like you want to support Trump and that's where you're at in your Negrodom, then go ahead and do that. Like, you, you are free to do that, but just know that you do not have to be in my space. Like, I'm not going to choose to allow that in my space. And so even the fact that, like, when he was walling out and was in California more, that made it easier but, like, I don't want to run into him at Jewel Osco. Like, I'm not <laughs> trying to not. run into Kanye with his stinking hat on while I'm out here trying to buy groceries for my children. Like, that's not the image that I need of him, like, at all. And, like, I threw away the whole Kanye. Like, before, when he wilded out the first time, and I'm not even talking about with the MAGA hat. I'm talking about, like, way before that, when he wilded out. Um talking when i think trump was running and was like i support him blah 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 i was like okay you know what i'm throwing away anything past 808's kanye you gotta go (laughs) but then he came out with life of pablo and that album was so chicago that i was just like it was really "Mm." it was really amazing my heart was so torn and so then i gave him another chance and then he spit in my face and then i was like you know what I'm going to throw away every Kanye except for the ones past 808. And well, no, even except for the first three, because I think I threw out 808s too. So the first three in Life of Pablo, I'm keeping those. But now I'm at the point with Kanye where it's like, I can't be hurt anymore. Like, I can't do it. And if we had filmed this last week, like, I would have been fiery throwing flame at him, like flaming his whole life. But I'm just sad at this point. Like, I'm so sad at Kanye because... He's choosing what he's doing. And yeah. I think a lot of people, he's you a know, grown man. yeah. And I think it's easier for us to be like, oh, he's in the sunken place or, oh, he's just being a coon or this that, and the other. And it's like, it's easier to think that than to face the reality that he's choosing to do this. And it's a very conscious decision. I don't think it has anything to do with his mental state. I don't <sighs> think it has anything to do with like his wife. It doesn't have anything to do with like anything other than where he wants to be and he's choosing that life whether he is aware of it or not like he's choosing those actions and so that's what makes it sad because it's like you know if i accidentally bump into somebody that's sad and it hurts but it's fixable but if i choose to go and push somebody down like that's a misdemeanor like yeah that's true and i'm at the point with kanye where it's like look like you can only do so much damage to me where i continue to allow it and at this point i can't allow it and i think emotional intelligence as you grow in that space you realize hey if i hurt someone yes it's my responsibility to take responsibility for my actions But that doesn't mean that the person I hurt has to be cool with me. Right. It's like I have to accept that my actions have consequences. Right. That may be irreversible. Yep. And that's, you know, you have to own up to that. And I think that he is now at a point where he's not emotionally intelligent. And so he's done things that have caused, you know, irreparable damage to a lot of people. And he supports things that continue to damage people, but then wants to show up and say, well, I'm still your friend. Or, right. Can't, can we I'm still, still be cool? I'm still invited to the barbecue. Yeah, he's, he's, he's your ex that hurt you. Ugh. Or that Which actually, you know, emotionally like, abused you. Ain't nobody checking for you. And then says, hey, I'm still going to show up and I need you to be cool with me. And it's like, right. it, it doesn't really work that way. And as a celebrity whose reach is far reaching and your life is in the light more people see you than just 
your immediate family and your friends. Like right. the whole world sees you. You have to be okay with parts of the world just not rocking with you right. based on who you are. And I think to kind of segue away from that just because I all know All the that way away. All the way away. Well, not really. I mean, kind of, but I mean, it's still Chicago. I mean, hopefully we don't have to talk about <laughs> you know? him again, though. Is like... Hopefully, this will be the last time that we talk about Kanye West on this podcast. I mean, it probably won't be just because of the type of person. I would really love it if it was. <laughs> he is. I'm sure it won't. I don't got the energy. Yeah, it's tough. Like, when you hurt, it's like it's it's kind of hard to have energy for those people. And, you know, he shouldn't expect for the people right. that he hurts to right. have that energy Like, for I don't him. have to hear any of your music, Kanye. Like, I don't got to check for you. Like, I don't got to assume positive intent for you anymore like none of that like i just he's definitely it's like when you want to assume the best and then they show you that no actually i'm i'm actually the worst yeah and so you you can't assume the best for them anymore right which is which is kind of sad yeah in other news um at least for the culture here in chicago things going on or something that's going on is chance the rapper i think just had his engagement party oh and that's and that's really cool yeah like good for him primarily because as another chicago celebrity artist who's we see him he's in and around the city he's he does things that people take notice of he's involved in his community in a much different capacity and he really fights to do the right thing he fights to be a great example and even though he might go through things that, you know, at certain times, those things become, or as they become apparent, he takes responsibility for right. them, which I think is a really, really big deal. And so as he's living his life sort of in the light and in Chicago, it's become very different. And I know that they're two different people and they're both alive at the same time, but Chance even though I know he rocks with Kanye heavy, he gives us that the energy that I think we always wanted yeah, from Kanye. But, he does. But never actually got. Yeah, no, not really. Even though we hoped for it. As he became like the biggest artist to leave Chicago, I was like, man, he's going to come back and, you know, be... <laughs> you thought. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be Ye's town, but it's like, you know, he's, he's Calabasas now. He said bye. Almost, you know, that's... That's really where it's at. So um, for Affect the Culture, as I catch my breath, there is a museum here in Chicago. It's called the DuSable Museum of African American History. It is the first grassroots museum of black history in the country. Oh, I did not know that. Yep, kind of a big deal. It was started by Dr. Margaret Burroughs. She is a local artist local activist hero hero, poet philanthropist educator um essentially anything great that you can think of that was really really good she did it and she she. did it here in chicago she spent her weekends collecting money from people to buy food for kids and bring them into her house to teach them about their history and their culture and one of her poems like or quotes it just starts off with what do I tell my children who are black? Right. And it's so powerful because that became the mission for her life. So she built a collection of artifacts that then became too big for her home, that then became too big for a building that's, you know, Southside Community Arts Center that is, you know, a great place in its own right, and then got too big for them, so they had to get an even bigger building 
for her collection of things that she brought together because no other place was providing a space for black people to come and learn about themselves. Now, there are lots of great exhibits up there right now, totally a place you should go and see, but something that I think, you know, is all about for the culture and affecting the culture is a show that just opened up yesterday, which is called The The Love Affair Continues, Diasporal Rhythms, and it is a group of black art collectors who collect and support black artists. And it's a show of their collection that continues to grow. And it's called The Love Affair Continues because as they continue to collect the work of black artists and, you know, show them that love, they can share that love of their work and their culture and the people with others. So that just opened up what is today Sunday that opened up Friday. Mm-hmm. at the DuSable Museum, which is on 57th and Cottage Grove. If you're in Chicago, you can find that pretty easily. Right. But check it out. Actually, uh, the, the that museum, I think this is the first time in 30 years that every gallery has been filled. So there's a lot of really oh, great stuff nice. to see, learn about your history, affect the culture by going to support local black institutions. So there are a lot of great places you can go and see, but I'd say definitely, at least this week, go and check out the DuSable Museum. I'm so excited to share this with all of our people and our friends because we have so many people that we can have conversations with, help spread the news about the great things that they're doing, and just be a sounding board for, I guess, this culture that we're in. So with that, we are going to go ahead and get close to wrapping it up. You guys, if you want to follow our journey, um, follow our podcast, stalk us socially, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MoodThePodcast all one word um and yeah i guess we will see you guys next tuesday i did it again you did it again well maybe that's just gonna be the thing sorry okay (laughs) some of us are spelling it with the s and a y all right i mean phonetics and the rest of y'all need to get your minds out the gutter you little sickos i mean it's what does she say words mean things Yeah, that's why we're spelling it the right way. S-E-E-Y-O-U. See you next Tuesday.